to the cool room, the friends in your ears who talk about beers. It's episode 106. And uh, as we predicted, this is turned into a double episode of our time with Weinstefana. Travis Bristos and I are sitting down a week after we first recorded the uh, podcast. So we can have a little bit of reflection on uh, how great a night it was. And I thought it was an absolutely awesome night. Travis and I are both drinking some uh, fun Pilsners and related beers tonight. And then I have a very different beer to drink as part of a quite awful family tragedy that I suffered this afternoon um, that Travis, I probably need to um, get off my chest. This will be a little bit of therapy for me. There was an incident and um, I'm kind of in mourning. Oh, please tell what happened. Well, as you know, I've still got my Into the Fray from Deeds tucked away. And yes. uh, as I was moving around the delicious Deeds cans today uh, to build a fire, which is um, something I've been really looking forward to. And this just happens from time to time. And it always seems to be the expensive beers. I was moving one and sort of hit one can with another and punctured the top. And so tonight I'm going to be drinking my To Build a Fire, which I'd sort of thought I might tuck away till Christmas, if not fair income autumn next year. So it's been in the house for less than 24 hours and I'll be drinking it. Oh, man, that is just an absolute disaster. <laughs> it really is. And I've already sold all the rest of them, for which can I say thank you, everyone who's on our subscription list and our mailing list for jumping on board so quickly and buying them amazingly quickly. That is awesome. Make sure you're a subscriber. Make sure you're on the mailing list so you don't miss out on beers like that. But I'm going to kind of miss out on beers like that because tonight I'm I'm going to be sitting drinking by myself in the shed. Look, I have... Oh, my God, I have no words to this. This is just... Oh, well, that's just disastrous. We've both had a couple of weird weeks, haven't we? And, we have. Um, <laughs> we have. It's, um, I, almost, um, I almost had to sit down in the hallway and have a little cry today. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair enough. Um, Which, and can I say, I totally get that there's so many bigger issues in the world, but sometimes just something just gives you a whack on the head from both. Well, this will be fun. I was taking it somewhere to put it safely in a you know, big vault where nothing bad could happen to it. I, that actually reminds me, I got a very expensive bottle of um, of whiskey once for a birthday and I was getting home from the birthday gathering uh, and it was a bottle of Nikka from Japan mm. and um, I got out of the passenger side of the car because I'd had a few to drink and grabbed the bottle of whiskey off the back seat and it slipped out of my hand in the oh, driveway no. of my house and smashed on the ground and... And I and I and it just absorbed into the concrete. It was just gone. Never. Did you? Uh, have you? Is that where the scars on your tongue come from? From you? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, yeah, that sandpaper feeling of flicking whiskey off concrete. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm sure everyone who's been around for a while has had a similar experience. But, oh, uh, 100%. Just, like when you're in that mode and you're just sort of pulling beers out of those little plastic hats that they all wear and you're just sort of rushing through it, you're not thinking, bang. Let's move on to some happier stuff, though. You, I've had a couple of uh, delicious pilsners, the Hawkers number 13 and our old friend uh, from Hop Nation, the Rattenhund. Uh, and you're extolling the virtues of the Mr. Banks pilsner, which is great because they're going to be on the show pretty soon. They are, yeah. I've just polished off the, the Mr. Banks foam pilsner, which is a cracking beer. So it, um, it'll be nice to chat to them in a little while about, uh, about that. And how it all came about. And I've also got the Boat Rocker Pilsner, which I've just opened. Uh, two very different Pilsners side by side. Yeah. Well, it feels like the right time of the year in a early spring in Melbourne to be thinking Pilsners. Um, and we're just sort of moving through. We've just sort of finished off a few of the lighter German beers uh, with our friends from Weinstefan. Uh, we're about to have a surprise guest uh, join us, uh, and then we'll be off and running uh, with particularly the Vetus, which is just one of those beers that so many people uh, who are our listeners, I know, adore. So yes, hopefully you'll enjoy the uh, second part of our session with Weinstefan. Again, jump on. We've still got a jump onto the Shopify. We've still got a few of those beers left. Uh, by the time you've heard this, uh, we'll have already done our session with Burnley as the follow-up, but we'll still have Capital, we'll still have Three Ravens, and we've got, at the very least, uh, Mr. Banks and Moondog coming onto the show very soon. Sounds good. Uh, normally, when we come back after our little break at halftime, uh, it's my job to ask the next questions. But um, in a very positive sense, a little bit like Biggie Smalls, uh, if you say someone's name three times, sometimes they appear in the room with us. And I think I have encountered the name of the Lord Mayor of Melbourne, uh, the, my very good friend, and I'm very honoured that Sally Cap has joined <laughs> us in the room. Uh, Sally, you're there drinking your uh, housewarming gift uh, with the world, and we have the some fantastic guests from Germany joining us now. Would you like to say a couple of words before we head into a tasting of the Vetus? Danke, David. Uh, uh... Guten Abend, wie geht's, mein Freund? Uh, ich bin Sally Cap, Lord Mayor of Melbourne. Willkommen, Markus und Matthias from Van Steffen. Sprechen Sie English? I hope so, because that's exhausted my German. Absolutely delighted to join David Griffiths tonight in the cool room and Blake uh, and join you all for a beer to celebrate Oktoberfest. I love uh, David's podcast. I love uh, the business uh, that he does and the way he does it. And I think it's fantastic that through the cool room, so many people, like-minded people who love a beer can connect. So I was delighted to be able to jump online this evening and say 
Hello, guten Tag, guten Abend to you all. Uh, Sally, it says e enormous things about you, and this is, <laughs> we, we always like to let people behind the curtain at the uh, call room. Uh, we hadn't discussed this beforehand. I just sort of made a silly joke early on in our podcast and then texted you about that. And um, you've been incredibly generous with your time and your personal <laughs> life to go, oh, no, I'll come on and be part of the, uh, the podcast. Oh, great to be involved. Um, a very good opportunity to say welcome to Melbourne and show everybody that's joining us from overseas the way we like to do things in Melbourne. Uh, and, of course, you're leading the way, David. I would support you in anything. I uh, hear you've suggested that perhaps we could take ownership of a brewery here in Melbourne. I put my hand up in favour of that one. Cheers. <laughs> Sally, we won't take up any more of your time. Uh, unbeknownst to you, the Herald Sun is also online and um, <laughs> I believe they've written the article about your statement you've just made already. This is a good one. <laughs> Have fun, everyone. Thanks for letting me drop in, David. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. Danke. Tschüss. Tschüss. Danke. Tschüss. Ciao. <laughs> I've got to say, my friends, genuinely, that wasn't planned. Uh, the Lord, I texted the Lord Mayor to say that I used her name in vain, and it's fantastic that she uh, took the time to come and join us. Um, we know we've got limited time left. We've got yeah. the... Actually, actually yeah. a very Bavarian thing, David. You know, um, when you want to be a Lord Mayor in a Bavarian city like Freising or Munich, you have to have a close relationship to beer and to beer drinkers, because um, uh, beer drinkers tend to, to vote for people who drink beer. So, Sally, well done. And... Um, <laughs> So also the, the cultural connection between uh, politicians in Bavaria and beer is very tight. So uh, you can also uh, run for, for a mandate here in Bavaria. Like you do, do it oh, today, wow. this will Something totally work. To <laughs> a, a promotion, no doubt. But I do love your beer. Thank you. That's so great to hear. Thank you very much. Thank Got to say, if I hadn't thrown myself in my presentation earlier in the night, I certainly have done so now. But that, <laughs> um, my friends, this is a beer that we've been waiting to talk about for, I guess, eighteen months. Um, it's been we've skipped over the Dunkel, which we're going to talk about. We know we've got a hard time limit. The Vetus, can you give us a little bit of the backstory, please, Matthias? And um, this is a magnificent beer. Um, yes, uh, so Vitus uh, is actually um, not that long in our portfolio. Uh, it's about 12, 13 years, something like that, Marcus, right? Um, and the idea of making a pale, super drinkable wheat beer bock uh, was Marcus' idea because he wanted to have such a beer for the export because uh, he, would saw, he thought that it would work in the international field uh, very well and it did and uh, it's nowadays uh, one of our um, yeah most famous beers we actually have and also one of our serious uh, uh, award winner and uh, one of our most one of my personal most favorite beers um, and the specialty about Vitus is that it's uh, a super fruity super drinkable high aromatic creamy uh, bock beer it has a plate uh, has original gravity of 16.5 degree Plato, and but 7.7 .7 ABV. That means um, we have with a single bock 
which um, we have single bock and double bock in Germany. And double bock means we have at least 18.5 degrees Plato of original gravity. And here we do have a single bock with 16.5, but do have more alcohol than in our double bock Corbinian. And that is due to this um, situation that we have a very high fermenting wheat beer yeast here. We're fermenting it very warm, very intensely. And so the vitus is barely completely unfermented. That makes the beer very dry in the end of drinking it. So it's not sweet. It's not overloaded with, with sugars and, and, and carbs. So with other box where then the, the mouth will get so sweet and thick so the vitus is very, very kind of dry. So it makes it super drinkable. And with the higher fermentation, you also have a higher carbonation and with the wheat beer. And so the beer is sparkling, drinkable and highly fruited. So it has this high fruit uh, flavor. Uh, do the, the rich banana flavor it has uh, that comes from the fermentation. I saw this question in the chat before. Yes, the banana flavor comes exclusively from the fermentation. It's the so-called isoamyl acetate. It's um, uh, Easter that is produced by the yeast while uh, warmer fermentation. And uh, to, to focus on that, you will need different parameters that you can focus on the isomyl acetate and get a high content of it. And uh, we focused very strongly with our Vitus on the production of this uh, isomyl acetate. And so the Vitus is very strongly in this banana flavor, but also has a slight uh, a flavor, especially in the aftertaste of apricots, so of dried apricots. And uh, so it's a full, great, smooth, drinking, sparkling experience, but handled with care because it's so easy drinking, but it has 7.7 .7 ABV. And um, I can tell you, I have seen things <laughs> uh, of, of people <laughs> coming to the Weinstefan Bräustüber to a brewery restaurant, sitting in a beer garden and trying the Vitus the first time in their life. And they were like, oh, it's so good. And they have a second or third uh, pint, but uh, they were not ready for such a strong beer. So the Vitus is um, handled with care because um, I have seen, seen things uh, regarding <laughs> that beer I can't unsee. And um, so... Um, but it's one of it's it's in my personal opinion our crown jewel of the brewery. It's it's my favorite child of, of our portfolio. We have uh, we are producing right now uh, fifteen beers uh, all over the year, and uh, all of them has their 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 special place and also special time of the year. But the Vitus is something that amazed me from from the first time I drank it to to still today and still now. Um, it's just such a wonderful and, and nearly perfect product for me. Matthias, didn't you say, um, uh, you always say, um, parents always say, no, I don't have my favorite child, but yeah. they have their <laughs> favorite case, child. Yes. Or you always, you say your favorite child is definitely the yeah. Corbinian, yeah. right? Uh, the Vitus. Yeah, it, and it's fantastic. And um, I, I had so many great experiences with that beer, especially also pairing that beer to, to different food because it's so rich on different flavors, but it's still drinkable and, and, and it's so creamy that um, it, it fits so very, very well to different kinds of foods. Um, and also the glass we have for the Vitus. Um, I told you before um, that we have a special glass for a lot of beer styles, and this is the Vitus glass. And I told you before, remember the situation with the Bordeaux glasses for, um, 
when you're having a, a very rich flavored beer that you're having a white body so the, the aroma can can gather in there and you smell it very intensely and that's why we decided to go with a glass like that for our vitos because our our banana flavor is so uh, intensely that uh, with that white body and that uh, kind of glass you will taste the intensity of that fruitiness very very good I think it's almost time to start to open up the Zoom room for some uh, some questions. But um, you, you've touched there on, I think, probably my favourite beer in the world, and I've said this in numerous places, the Corbinian. It's part of our tasting pack. If I, if I gave you 30 seconds and 30 seconds only to talk about the Corbinian as a beer and what it means to the brewery. Can I, can you do that? Please? Yeah, actually the Corbinian means a lot to the brewery because it's basically the most traditional styles we're producing here. A lot of beer styles evolved uh, over the, the centuries, but I guess the dark Doppelbock is one of those styles, not just in our, but in basically any Bavarian brewery that is very original. So it's, it's a beer style from like the very old days. And that's the closest to that what, um, uh, breweries today do untraditional styles. Um, it's a very intense to make beer. It's a, a very rich flavored beer. It's a beer that also can age very well. So um, the Corbinian is a dark, strong lager beer. Um, you can, when you have good conditions, maybe in your cellar or in a fridge, you can let it age up to two, three years. And the beer develops very interesting uh, aromas on sherry and in dried fruits and gets intense in that. So actually also a, a vintage beer, if you want to see it that way but it's um, special for us because we named it after the founder of the Weinstefan Monastery and of the patron of the city of Reising, St. Corbinian. And so for us, it's a connection to, to our long heritage we have here in the brewery. That is, that's, that's awesome. Um, one of the questions we haven't asked, David, which I think we should potentially get to is our traditional question. And I think that, Last year, we asked you, Matthias, the question. So I feel like this is going to be a question for Marcus tonight if he's up for, for answering the question. Um, Marcus, what is the strangest, most bizarre thing you've ever seen in a call room slash brewery slash oldest brewery in the world? What's the one thing that sticks in your mind across your 22-year your career? We might have to just explain what a cool room is or just say hospitality or in restaurants. And oh, hospitality, yes. Or a large walk-in refrigerator. <laughs> uh, you know, 22 years, uh, I've seen really bizarre things in that time, I think. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit probably the... the yeah, the drinking mentality in Asia. Uh, uh, I mean, we have something like a showcase in Beijing. It's not a typical 100% Bein Stefan place, but our importer, uh, he's a German guy and he brewed like, you can say, like a Brauhaus uh, Kölsch style in the middle of Beijing. Uh, and uh, people are really drinking themselves almost to death. And, uh, you know, it's always, uh, they have these private rooms there. And uh, when you sit outside of these private rooms, you always see like people are coming out, carrying other people to the toilet to let them do their business, to throw up and everything. And then 
they take them back and uh, continue drinking, uh, but uh, totally wasted. And, uh, th and this is a bit shocking because they were hardly able to walk and then they, they are bringing them uh, back to get the relief and then back to, to hell again. So this is a little bit what we always, uh, when you think about beer culture and drinking culture, which is always a little bit, uh, yeah, shocking. But uh, yeah. they, they, you had people that were in charge of carrying drunken people to the bathroom and then carrying them back to continue exactly. to continue drinking. And uh, it's uh, it's good care for the people, that's for sure. But you know. <laughs> taking care of them, uh, getting them relief, and then bringing them back to hell. That's uh, pretty, pretty gross. Wow. <laughs> I, um, I th I, we're we're going to start to wrap up. I know, Tash, you've, you've got to head out to your lunch and, and you've been so generous with your time tonight. Um, we're, this is all about Oktoberfest, and I've got one last question, I think. There might be a couple of questions in the Zoom room that Warren will get to next. But Marcus and Matthias... When Oktoberfest is at its normality, when it is at its peak, what is the maximum amount of beers you've ever seen someone carry at any one time? So physically carrying or drinking? <laughs> no, no, I want to know. I want to know. People walk out with their, their beers. Um, what, what's the maximum amount that you've seen someone carry out the tables at any one time? Okay, Matthias. I mean, I would say I can't, I can't remember it. You know, I, I'm not so so much looking onto the guys who carry the beer to the table. For me, it's more uh, the frequency they do it. You know, um, how how often they came by my table. So uh, that's that's the, the the values I I appreciate more than than the, the volume they are carrying. <laughs> But I, I would say 18 masses, that's probably something that they easily can do. What? 18, 18 one liter stone steins. 18? Yeah. Wow. So how many kilos is that? That must be so a one lot. So beer would be a liter per kilo. That's eight kilo. And then each stein would be what? Another half a kilo again? Two? Yeah. Three? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. Yep. And it's glass and liquid in a glass. So, whew. <laughs> um, Warren, do we want to throw to anyone in the Zoom room for any questions before we wrap this bad boy up? Um, yeah, Damo's, Damo's had a couple of, of good questions. Um, the one, one about alcohol-free beer. Like, should we get Damo to ask those? Does Damo want to unmute himself? And... Yeah. Yeah, shoot out those questions, the guys. All right, thanks. I just, an I just answered it in, uh, but but uh, alcohol-free beer definitely uh, will be um, uh, a product of the future for people who cannot drink alcohol, for people who are really uh, uh, looking for health issues or something like that. But. Um, uh, it's on overall in the brewery. It's uh, the Hefeweiss beer is on our number three product uh, after the Hefeweiss beer and the original lager. Uh, in export, uh, still Vitus is number three, which shows a lot about the appreciation of alcohol and a beers in, in export. Uh, but, uh, but still, I mean, the tendency is going definitely up. But in our brewery, more for the Hefeweiss. 
than for the, the lager beer NA. Okay, yeah, sorry, because like the reason I asked is because when I was in Germany, I couldn't believe the alcohol-free culture. I thought it was incredible. Uh, such a such a big thing for people to drink alcohol-free beer, and now it's showing up in the rest of the what in Australia, America. So I was just curious about that. The other question is, um, like I work on pack lines and work in in breweries. So in in a, so many new world uh, brewing cultures like Australia, New Zealand, America, um, it's all about cans. Um, which a lot of people think are the best of beer, which I don't necessarily agree. But uh, so you still do everything in bottle. Do you have any pressure or any um, any forethought to do it in uh, any of your beers and cans? Um, we actually do. We, we don't fill it ourselves, but we fill it uh, in a in another brewery because we don't have a um, a canning line, uh, and we introduced it because the pressure uh, in the United States was pretty high so that we bring something on and uh, I mean I totally agree I mean uh, for the for the quality of the beer inside the can uh, I think the in, in Germany we just had this really bad reputation for beer in cans because uh, first of all they were uh, pasteurized to death uh, and then they were sold to the lowest prices that you can imagine, even premium beers. So the, the mindset of Germans is that uh, beer in cans is uh, pretty bad. But I think with all the craft breweries uh, bringing up that uh, idea with the cans uh, in the countries where the craft breweries are strong, uh, the, the reputation of the can is also pretty high. So we said, okay, uh, let's just do um, a pilot in the United States with our Hefeweiss and our uh, Helles. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going actually really well over there. Okay, that's great. It's, uh, yeah, cool. So I, I haven't seen them over here. And so well, I, I know I've seen the mini kegs and very low DO. But I was just wondering. Yeah, okay. That's awesome. Thank you. Um. <clears throat> Next up, next up, we've got Shannon who, who had a question for you. Shannon, did you want to unmute yourself? Certainly. Uh, thanks, for the, uh, thanks for the chat tonight, guys. It's been very informing and very intriguing. Um, I suppose my question is your, the volumes going through the brewery, because I can add a, add a guess, I can imagine it's huge. There's a couple of numbers thrown around. Um, but also the, uh, the hop usage. Of, of the brewery, if, is that counted or is it um, is that something you can share with us? Um, actually, I don't know it. Um, so <laughs> I, I guess if I know it, I could share because I think it's not the, the, the big secret, but um, actually, I don't know. Um, it's so no, no, no big issue um, here for, for doing that because um, the, the thing is that we actually do not have a, a a special amount of hops we add, we, we calculate our hops on, on alphas we adding. So not on the volume, we, we count it with the alpha content we add on every um, uh, recipe. So uh, maybe a batch of, of Hefeweiss beer gets 3,500 ISO alpha assets added. At the one year, this can be maybe um, two and a half kilograms and the next year it can be three kilograms. It depends on the alpha acid content of the, the hop variety of every year. Okay, thank you. So, but this is actually you do, 
I guess in, in, in Germany, uh, I don't know how the craft brewers are doing it, uh, but uh, that's how you actually uh, calculate the recipe. You know, you're, you're calculate your IBUs on the alpha acid. And if you're taking care maybe of a very high flavored craft beer for example, you count it on, on oils. You know, you uh, count the hop oil content of maybe Cascade or whatever uh, a variety. And then you calculate your recipe or plan your recipe on adding, I don't know, two grams of oils per hectoliter. And so you can next year having the same uh, amount of oils into your beer and keep the, the flavor the same. Because when you're adding it with three kilograms of Cascade for your IPA, this year it will be taste that way. And next year, because Cascade has different oil content of the different harvest, um, it would taste the beer differently. So that's why you, you need to not to calculate it in a volume as in kilograms or whatever, or you need to calculate it in alpha acids for the bitterness and oils for the, for the flavor. Good answer. Yeah. So, so in, a, uh, in a beer tent Oktoberfest um, situation, um, because obviously there's a lot of beer consumed during the uh, Oktoberfest beer tent uh, uh, weeks, um, is there a, can you, can you have a, can you give us a comparison of how many hops, like is it, obviously there's a lot of hops being a low alpha acid hop that you're using, um, is it the same with, with, uh, with a beer tent, uh, Oktoberfest drinking, um, amount, I suppose. <laughs> I can't answer that. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> how's that? How's that for an over in a little bit question? Too abstract now for me. <laughs> sorry, sorry. For um, that. Uh, th thanks, Wolfman, for your, for your question. We know we've got to wrap things up because Matthias, you've got prior engagements. Um, thank you very much for joining us tonight, Matthias and Marcus. It's been absolutely amazing. I don't even think we can get this into one episode of the podcast. I think this is probably going to be a, a three-parter most likely, which is probably the first time we've done a trifecta on the, on the podcast episodes. Um, it's, it's really cool. We're going to continue our Oktoberfest stuff next week with Burnley Brewing. Um, Matthias, before we go, and maybe this is a question for Marcus as well, uh, where can everyone find you on the social medias out there in the, uh, in the wide world web. Um, Marcus, uh, fang du mal on. Ich schaue, wie ich die okay. andere Folie finde. <laughs> so, I'm only present at um, uh, Instagram uh, because uh, Matthias forced me to. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. I did. <laughs> he said, if you want to see what we are doing, you have to be at least on Instagram. And so I am. Um, uh, it's uh, I'm Beer Shepherd. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good ones. <laughs> uh, we will we will make sure you put those into the, the show notes on the episode of the podcast once we're uploaded. And, uh, oh, cool. and we'll definitely make sure we tag you guys in it as well. Um, Matthias, Marcus, thank you very much for joining us. We know it's been a, an early morning for you guys over there and uh, it's greatly appreciated. Hopefully at some point in time we get to do international travel again and some of us might even get over there and see you guys. 
but you know, if we don't and COVID's still a thing in October 2022, we will have you back on the podcast, no doubt. Um, Love to be there. I have found, I have found a slide <laughs> now. Uh, give me oh, a yeah, yeah, show us the slide. Go on, do it. Go on, do, uh, yep. So uh, it's a slide from an, an, a different... Uh, um, uh, sorry, uh, a different... No, that's okay. Uh, presentation. So at uh, Wine Stefan Official, that's the brewery on Instagram. And then at Wine Stefan... Uh, put away the USA and put that, Australia. That's AU. Uh, yeah, AAU, then uh, you're on Wine Stefan Australia. Um, I guess David, he is also here uh, in, in the Zoom room. David Chadani, <laughs> he will may, maybe uh, give us the correct thing. Sorry, I didn't prepare. At Ventissen, that's me. And we're also on Twitter and on Facebook. And also uh, Facebook.com, Wine Stefan Australia. I recommend uh, strongly um, our importer, Phoenix Beers, are uh, doing a great job. Um, also a very funny job. Because <laughs> they're doing also a lot of, of memes with Wine Stefan Beers uh, on, on their Facebook page, which I really appreciate. Because this uh, enlightens my day when I wake up early here in the morning. You know, then I get all the <laughs> Australia-related uh, 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 Stuff, stuff in my um, timeline and so um, I uh, I'm really enlightened by this every day and um, so uh, yeah thanks for having us and also thank you uh, Crew Room Podcast for organizing this also for the support to Phoenix Beers our importer um, who are making this happen um, to, to all the guys uh, that were part of this and uh, yeah thanks for having me a second time uh, so um, I'm really I'm really flattered uh, that that last year must be uh, uh, a thing that, it, that you invited me again, <laughs> and maybe uh, hopefully one day I can come back uh, to to Melbourne in person, and uh, so we can have maybe then a Vitus or two uh, in person. Maybe then we can do a cool room uh, in life. But also, I just want to promote my podcast, David. Oh, hey. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, is it about professional wrestling or is it about, what's it about? Uh, is it in uh, German? No, <laughs> no, it's in German and it's in English. And it's, um, as I'm Austrian in Bavaria, it's about uh, beer drinking and lifting very high, uh, very heavy baits, you know. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's a podcast I do with our online marketing manager, Anton. Uh, we started uh, about a half year ago. Um, it's called 1000 Years of Beer. Um, that's a podcast in English and German, 1,000 years of beer. Uh, maybe Marcus, he is my scriptor. Maybe he can put uh, 1,000 years of beer shortly in the, in the chat. Um, we, will, we will link that, to your podcast in our yeah, show notes and, our podcast. Uh, so. The first season is online. It's eight episodes. It's about technology and it's about uh, a culture uh, of, of beer and beer in Bavaria. And the first episode, maybe um, for uh, a demo, who asked the question about non-alcoholic beers. The first episode is with uh, Dr. Martina Gastel. She's a PhD from the university and one of the main experts, not just in Germany, also internationally when it comes to non-alcoholic beers. And we recorded the first episode on how to produce and the, the idea of non-alcoholic beers. And that's what I, I want to come back to you. Um, we have a culture of non-alcoholic beers in Germany here. A very great culture, I guess, and I'm a pretty big fan of non-alcoholic beers. And don't get me wrong, guys, Germans are not drinking non-alcoholic beers because they can't drink beer. They drink it to supplement, I would say, or, or instead of a Coke or a soda or whatever. 
So we see it really as a, as a non-alcoholic beverage and not maybe as non-alcoholic beer, but it's cultural closer to us to drink a non-alcoholic beer than to drink a Coca-Cola or whatever. That's the one point. And the other point is you have there a non-alcoholic beverage, which is absolutely natural made and absolutely 100% clean labeled product when it comes to the Bavarian purity law. When you're brewing the non-alcoholic beer according to the Bavarian purity law, you have four ingredients, you have a clear process, and this is one of the most clean labeled non-alcoholic beverages you can have out there, except of water. Beautiful. Because when you look at the ingredient list of a soda or whatever, um, then you're like, yeah, better don't look at it. Yeah. But when you look at the non-alcoholic beer, you have a non-alcoholic beverage that is clear on four raw materials and a clear process. And I guess um, that's why um, this makes non-alcoholic beers in Germany so successful. Matthias, Marcus, for me personally, this has been very, very exciting and something to look forward to in a, a place where we don't always get to look forward to things. Um, next year, Maybe we'll all be out in the middle of a football oval and there's be 2,000 people together and you'll be able to join us on the big screen and we can sit there and join together and drink some of these magnificent beers. They're some of the best beers we taste every year. This year is no exception to that rule. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, Travis has just sat down in his seat. He was going to wrap up, but I've taken over wrapping up duties. Um, it's very, very special for us in Australia to be able to have the knowledge and tap into the heritage that you are the custodians of in Germany. Um, this is one of our best nights of the year. I hope everyone in the Zoom room can stick around. Let's all find little side rooms to kick around in. And um, please come back again and again and again to the cool room, online bar and podcast. Uh, Thank you all. Thank you, Matthias. Thank you, Marcus. Thanks, Thank guys. you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Have a good day.